Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Push everything back or is that just not the way college football operates and we're stuck with where we're at. I think I know the answer, but I'm trying to have a discussion here. Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Pete Thamel. McPlant sounds like a drug dealer in Southie. (laughs) And SI's Pat Forty. We promised them this many games. We have to deliver. That's We need our deliverables so we can make X amount of gazillion dollars. That's what this boils down to. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. I can guarantee you this and only this. This podcast will not be canceled this week (laughs) due to COVID. That's right. We're going to make it through this hour, right, gentlemen? We're doing it. We're live. The SEC is not, but we are. Uh, As we speak here on Wednesday, about noon Eastern, the SEC has lost four games. A&M at Tennessee. Hey, Sully, you ain't going to lose this week. (laughs) Jeremy Pruitt's enjoying that. (laughs) Auburn at Mississippi State. Georgia at Mizzou. That's the Pat Forty Swim Classic. That is. Student athletes at both places. Uh, And then the the big one, which wasn't necessarily going to be a big one, but obviously one of the great rivalries of, of the current era, Alabama at LSU. And I remember when this was scheduled, it is a uh, master's week. So if you, <laughs> if we end up with nothing this weekend, you can watch golf. That's right. Due to the sunlight, the masters will end at by, you know, five, five thirty, something like that. And uh, then it was going to kick directly from the third round of the masters to Baton Rouge for the big game, 6 PM kick. And I just remember thinking, God, that's, that's cool. Right. Yeah. That is a cool like there's Tiger Woods and and Bryson DeChambeau finish up on 18 and they're set for a final pairing on Sunday. And now we're looking live at Tiger Stadium. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, even LSU struggles this year. A lot of times these rivalry games, they bow up. And it's also like something for the LSU players to still play for. Uh, we have no idea if this game will even be played this year. It's going to take a lot of work and I'm not sure what, other than sentimental reasons, I'm not sure that work is worth it uh, due to the state of LSU. But here we are. Also, we have uh, Kentucky Vandy has been described as, uh, you know, who knows? 
And Arkansas, Florida is Would we on. really miss Kentucky Vandy? At this point, we might. <laughs> <laughs> Having covered about eight of those in my lifetime, wow. I would not. But, you know. No, we need, probably we not. Need. Thank God for the Masters. That's all I'm going to say. I, like Arkansas at Florida is still on at this moment. But Sam Pittman, Coach Pittman is out. He has COVID, and I recently saw a video of him in the locker crowded locker room shouting uh, after their win at Tennessee. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. probably wish that hadn't happened, but we will hopefully no one caught it. Coach Pittman is fine. As of now, I hate to jinx He just yourself. said on the SEC call, I'm not exactly a picture of health. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like no, when he was asked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these. Right. Yeah, it's like Trevor Lawrence <laughs> test positive. You're like, nah. Okay. Yeah. Hope hope it's good. We don't want any risk. You know, let's let's but you don't necessarily get too concerned. Coach Pittman, a little mm. different case. Uh South Carolina and Old Miss. Sorry to jinx you, but you're uh you're on right now. So <laughs> Wisconsin returns to play Michigan. That? Remember them? Yeah, barely coming out of the COVID it. tunnel. Good that let's focus on the positive. Yep. Badgers are back for now. Uh, they cannot miss another game or they're no longer eligible to win the Big Ten. So that's bad. They have to be. But you now have to worry about the other teams. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, yeah. this is what yeah. we got. We have to go back to our original thing. The the snowstorm. It, it's We're skidding. Yes, we're we skidding. Are. But we're not in the ditch yet. And B, we cannot let perfect ruin progress. And uh, we at least are getting something which we would have all taken uh, at some dark moments in the spring. So we're getting something, but I, we're not trending well, I guess is what I would say. Pat, your thoughts on the current state of affairs in college Yeah, football. you know, I mean, it was funny. Like, for we started off and there was, you know, there was a bunch of cancellations, early postponements, whatever. So you're thinking, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then we kind of a, a few weeks where – Things just kind of seem to progress. And like the SEC played, I want to say they get at least two full weeks in, maybe even three full weeks before they missed a game. But now it's like, boom, here comes the onslaught. Uh, you know, the Big Ten's missing games when they can't afford it. The, the Pac 12 is missing them when they can't afford when they got no place to put them. And so now you're seeing, like, oh man, this is nobody thought it was going to be easier, but it seems like it's getting harder. This is, yeah, this is part and parcel of the price that the whole country is paying when you look at the virus numbers. And I think a lot of us kind of shunted those to the side because of other news and other things going on for a few weeks. But the virus numbers are huge. They're going up. Hospitalizations are up. Deaths are up. It's bad out there. And college campuses are not going to be an exception. I saw a statistic earlier today saying there have been at least 252,000 cases on college campuses, quarter million. Um, and those are going to keep going as long as the students are there and they're going to be there for the most part for a couple more weeks. And then they're going home for Thanksgiving and God only knows what happens there. And God only knows if they're ever coming back. You know, if they're coming back and the, most places are taking like six, eight weeks off. They may just tell the students, you know what, dead of winter, numbers are bad, don't bother returning. We'll see how that plays out. But from a football perspective, hey, this is the difficulty that I think seemed inevitable, but some people maybe didn't fully grasp how it was going to be, and now we're grasping it. 
Yeah, I mean, where we are in football is directly reflective right now to where we are in the country. And it's it's very simple. This wasn't Halloween. This wasn't a bad weekend. This wasn't a big party. This is just the, the current state of the virus in America right now. And I really think it's fascinating to, to push it forward of like, how is college basketball going to navigate this? I mean, that is a sport that is just flailing around. It starts in essentially two weeks and maybe less two weeks than from the day. Yeah. And so yeah. It, and so you really look at the landscape. They don't really seem to have much of a plan. Like, think about this. It's November 11th. We don't know where the NCAA tournament's going to be held. We don't know. Like, most teams don't, like, haven't released yet their schedule for the season. Most conferences haven't, like, had a, like, nobody has, like, a definitive plan of how they're going to get through all this. So, yeah, we are going to live in the stop and start just sort of staccato world that we're in right now of, of college sports. We're fighting through it. It has certainly been worth it. I, I don't think anyone who, who who looks back says, oh, we shouldn't have done this or we call it into question. But at the same time, like it is going to be a slog to get to the finish line in football and basketball right now portends to be a mess. A couple things, you know, one I'm seeing the SEC now is going to potentially follow or maybe they've decided I, I can't keep up with all the machinations of putting games on the, the 19th uh not just the sec championship game uh some to try to get extra games in again i wonder how this will be viewed by players yeah where you're i mean you're just truly content i mean who's looking for that extra game on that day the bowl season we, we talked about this on another pocket they're basically you're asking people to play four games in december there's no break between the end of the season and bowls where you rest up. There's going to be none of these extra bowl practices. Is this even worth it? What, uh, you know, I, I don't know what will go, but that seems to be an issue. Would there be a possibility of college football playoff getting pushed back? Uh, the NFL is, has already come up with a contingency plan because they're the NFL and they can do things and not unlike college, which stands around and can't do anything. But look, if, if key playoff game games with playoff implications are canceled late in the season. They're going to expand the playoff to eight teams per conference. No one's going to get a buy. Uh, they may have to extend the season. They can push back the Super Bowl. They, they, they can get this thing in. They're going to get this thing in college. We're stuck with this December 19th date because the playoff committee says we got to go on the 20th. Like, do we move that back? Could you play? You know, I, these bowls become these huge problems because they want these like six day festivals. And I, I, I mean, it, we're in a mess. But could you see it, it, it? Could could we have a a switch to the schedule? Because I really feel like the longer we extend it out, the more likely we can fit games in where you push push everything back. Or is that just not the way? college football operates and we're stuck with where we're at. And I think I know the answer, but I'm trying to have a discussion here. Pete. <laughs> That's Are an honest podcast. Football, host how right long there. it's been beating its wife. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, Rose Bowl. Will you, what, what, but the sunset over the San Gabriel's are right at the start of the third quarter. Like actual people saying like, well, there's no parade this year to screw up our multi-billion dollar enterprise. So maybe we can be a little bit flexible. A sport based around a parade. What a, what a mess. What a beautiful, beautiful mess. Yeah. College football will not be nimble because it's never been nimble. And the people around it spend so much time and energy making sure it's not nimble that the NFL sits around and laughs 
Like the NFL just said yesterday, hey, you know what? We're going to expand the playoff. We are going to do what's best in this situation. College football, there's nobody in charge. We've said this a million times. Every conference commissioner, every little bull person, it's clinging to their slice of the cookie. Now everybody puts on their orange blazers and pats each other on the back. But everyone is just like clinging to all the money they're making off amateur sports in such a way where it completely impedes progress. And the lack of nimbleness from the big picture in college football right now during this pandemic is sad. Like, they're not thinking about what's best for the players. They're not thinking about what's best for the future of the sport. They're thinking about what's best for them. Let's make sure we get extra games in that mean nothing after the regular season ended. Like, they literally want to play a full slate of regular season games on December 19th, the same day the champ, just because the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network. Yeah, we need the inventory. We were, we promised them this many games. We have to deliver. That's what we need our deliverables so we can make X amount of gazillion dollars. That's what this boils down to. You're going to tell Georgia that on December 19th, after not winning the SEC East, and while Florida is playing 80 miles from you against Alabama in the SEC Championship, you're going to go to the coldest town in the big in the SEC, and you're going to play Missouri in a game that matters not as much as a spring scrimmage, and you're going to like it. No, you're not. You're going to hate it. It's going to be awful. I mean, the December games, so many of them are going to be so bad for so many reasons. You know, finals, players have checked out, weather sucks, games don't matter. Draft. You can go to you can already oh, go to God. a bowl game if you're three and six. So why are we playing this game to make to be four and six or three and seven? You know, I mean, it's just it is it is going to be terrible. Uh, some of these December games, no doubt yeah. about it. And yes, the the rigidity, Pete. I can't, you know, I can't really improve upon what you said as far as you know. Th- this is a sport that's never been nimble and is set up to remain unnimble. Yes. You know, I mean, because it it is a hundred percent the most ossified you know, rigid sort of construct we've ever seen. And they, you know, I mean, these people in their minds moved heaven and earth just to have this season the way it is. You want to ask them to do more now? Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. They ain't moving that New Year's Day uh, semifinals. I I do not believe. I would be shocked if they did. And the TV people probably wouldn't like it either because they've got their schedule set and they want the, um, the NFL playoffs to be over here and the college playoffs here. So I, you know, I think that we are probably stuck with what we have, which we'll see if we can a get there and b then actually have those games transpire. And no, we we are not going to see any fundamental improvement to it. That's pretty much what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> finals? Why would you study for finals? We have to play a game that nobody That's gives right. a crap about. The season's yes. over. That's right. Vanderbilt, where your finals are really easy. You need to get over there to Columbia, Missouri on December 12th to play Mizzou, but to have 0-8 Vandy against 3-5 and Missouri. We need that game. Got to have it. Got to have inventory. But no, this is about amateur athletics. In this era of athlete empowerment, it will be interesting if any of the athletes who they're trying to ship to Columbia for some bad inventory start to call what it is. Do you think a lot of these guys want to play in a bowl? Like, what is a bowl experience going to be like? We're going to go to a hotel for a couple of days and sit around and do nothing? Like, like no way you want to go play in, like, some ba- – you're talking about inventory. The bowls are just pure inventory plays right now. There's no Pete, student-athlete Pete, they'll, experience. They'll get There's- beats by Dre in a, in, a, in a bag, a goodie bag, you know, like 350 <laughs> in trinkets. Yeah. I, I mean, it'll be interesting <laughs> if the players be like, why the hell are we doing this? 
Like Man. what what possibly is driving us to play these games? Because they have to be feeling that, right? If you're an NFL prospect and you're in the SEC and you play in one of these meaningless games, or even the Big Ten, we don't want to pick on the SEC. Big Ten's got its meaningless weekend set up. The Pac-12's thinking about doing it. They may have to rejigger it for more meaning because of all, all the cancellations they're having out there and the issues they're having out there. But like, I hope uh, I hope the players go into this with eyes wide open and call a spade a spade. That's if this is. Ramogi Kuma special, basically, you're coming up in December. Like, I would be calling all those, but do you guys really want to play? If not, don't. I'll call over this school. You really want to play? If not, don't. And you see a lot of schools, your teams just say, mm-mm, mm-mm, not playing your lousy December 19th game. I, I didn't even get to the Pac-12 cancellations, which are, yep. right, aren't there? There's a bunch of those. I can't. Well, we uh, haven't had any in the this week. rows of it yet, right? Cal is in the throws. Utah, Utah said that they're like, you know, hoping to have enough guys. They're right on the edge. Utah's going to start Dan in the slot. That's what we have. Uh, that's <laughs> what we've determined. Pat's going to be the third tight end. Dan's going to be the jitterbug in the slot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what I'd play. I'm so unathletic, but uh, yeah, I'd probably be like a I'd, a very weak side linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these, some of these, these systems. It's like. Cal has one positive case, but the locals, but Berkeley ordered the entire group into quarantine. And it's like, (laughs) this, like we talked about this so many times. It's so hard because it's played in 41 States by all these different types of schools with different ideas, philosophies. And if you just simply not to argue which philosophy is right, but this is their philosophy. It's different. Life is different in Berkeley, California, than it is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And so they have different philosophies. And let's say they're both honest philosophies. It's like, this is, uh, it's just so hard to do. So anyway, that's where we're at. And I don't know how next week is better. That's my main concern. It's like, okay, we're not getting all those games. We got some games to pick. We'll be all right in some of them, but. What what does the SEC put at six o'clock? Did they put Arkansas, Florida now? I don't think the SEC is. Sh- I, I don't think. Oh, well, they're not going to sh- show a CBS. CBS is right. not showing an SEC right. game from what I read yesterday. Okay, so we're gonna get like um, CSI something or like one of those. Yeah, those weird so. shows that Jim Nance hypes <laughs> during games. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think the executive said, if there's no Sam Pittman, why bother? I mean, right? really, you got to yeah. have the sex appeal to get people watching. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like a That's Cliff right. Kingsbury game. That's Texas right. Tech game ratings drop. The giant hog mask. <laughs> you know what? Even this is the best thing. They may only play South Carolina at Ole Miss this weekend. Let's say that, at, or and and Lane Kiffin still won't be wearing his mask right. Even if the, <laughs> entire, the entire league could burn to the ground, and these coaches will still be unable to wear a mask properly. I don't sure. care if it would or wouldn't have solved the problem. Like at some point, like no. I still don't really believe in it. There's no more SEC. <laughs> right. yeah. Honestly, if been... you could keep playing, you might win this sucker. Who knows? Really? <laughs> All right, let's get to the playoff, which undoubtedly will not be moved. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, I just can't even imagine. I wouldn't even entertain a call, but uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is the committee still meeting in person? Are they still doing that whenever they start? I don't... I don't think so. I haven't well, heard. Maybe that stupid it. idea of everyone. Last flying I heard they were hoping to, but I don't know. They I don't might think to be. Have they started to meet yet? 
I don't think so. No, 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 no. But they, but they, they have not started to meet yet. Their first rankings come out the twenty fourth, right? Two weeks from yesterday. I'm uh, sure they're still playing, but I think the, the intention as- was still to meet in person. The last I heard, of course, because this is what they do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, right. We, we meet. What? What? We go yeah. to this hotel. We eat steaks. We all take our hat off. Right. Don't you have to take your hat off or something? Oh, yes. A little... Oh, yes. Symbolic. Oh, God. Symbolic. It's not like the rest of us have to sit on Zoom meetings all week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to who's going to get in this thing, because we got some sorting out to do on possibilities. All right. I think we can concede that three teams have an absolute inside track if they win out. If Bama's undefeated, if Notre Dame's undefeated, if Ohio State is undefeated, they are in. And if Clemson wins out, they're in. I would say if Clemson wins out, they are in also. Yep. Those four teams control their destiny. Well, sure. I, I'd say Florida does too then. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, all right. We're already off the But rails. if Florida does, then Alabama doesn't. So Right. Good, good well. prep. So this is what we come down to though, okay? At what point is... You know, is a one loss, let's say Florida and Clemson get in. What do you do between Bama and Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who right. gets the nod? Now, I think almost everyone would say, well, if you just look at it, you go, Bama. Bama get in. Bama's better than Notre Dame. I feel we've we've kind of seen this act. But Notre Dame has the best win in the year. Alabama has and a win over AM that is impressive and nothing really else right now that is overwhelmingly impressive. Uh, and they would have lost to Florida. Notre Dame would have uh, potentially a better resume, right? Can you imagine this debate? That would be something. Now, the thing, you know, the, the thing everybody would say about Notre Dame, well, you didn't play Trevor Lawrence, but the guy they did play through for 400 yards. So, you know, shows I'm how not bad sure their defense is, Pat. Shows how bad their defense is. That's right. Sure. Uh, you can always right. find a true reason. freshman. Yeah, I can always find something. <laughs> Notre Dame ain't played nobody. Well, yeah. Played good. Played Clemson. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you make that determination? I mean, that's the thing. These these decisions are going to be harder than ever because, again, lack no non conference, uh, you know, metrics to really compare. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't end the season with the high profile game against USC. Uh, then now they do end it with an ACC championship game, which will probably be more either helpful or detrimental. But still, you, you lose that non-conference metric right there at the end. You know, Alabama did not play USC at the beginning. Uh, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult to be on the committee. And I talked to the, some of those guys about doing it, you know, the guys that were on the committee, Oliver Luck and Mike Trangisi and stuff back in the day. And they said this year, like, wow. Thank goodness I'm not on the committee because it's going to be so hard. If you expand the playoff is what you do, which is exactly what yeah. the NFL is doing. But, of course, we can't yeah. do that. I mean, this is the year. You just say, look, we're going eight. The big five get in. Well, t- I mean, this is – we can't do this. But they refuse to move. Mm-hmm. You need to create, like, a game that's a compliment to Death of the BCS. It's called Playoff Excuse Bingo. Because we've heard it all before. <laughs> the players want to play in bowl games. We no, can't interrupt finals. <laughs> oh, boy, man. <laughs> There's too many games. Yeah. Oh, the games Those become are... meaningless. Yeah. Yes, no, and I did a whole chapter on that. It was like once you once you divided your leagues into divisions, the games became meaningless. You know what was a meaningless game? Clemson-Notre Dame. It was meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. It was also yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. What do you do with Wisconsin? Wisconsin could end up 7-0. and That's it. Seven. Mm-hmm. They can only win seven. Now they would have beaten Northwestern, Ohio State, Ohio yeah. State yeah. and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is, is that going to, is that, <laughs> is that, I don't know. Gonna That's, make, like, yeah. here's the thing. If you have seven and oh, Wisconsin, but you have 11 and oh, Cincinnati, do those that four extra wins count? Or do they say, ah, no, nah, that was against the American athletic conference schedule. Indiana is interesting because like if they had, and I don't know what their schedule was in a prior incarnation, but if they had played non-league, another power five team, we'd have a little bit of a barometer on Indiana. But right now they're playing in a vacuum where Penn State looks terrible. They help make Michigan look terrible. Indiana is clearly a very good football team if you watch them. But when you don't have that cross-reference, like if they lose to Ohio State 42 to 10, it's like, well, do we just think the whole league kind of, that whole division kind of stinks now? Like, it's just, I don't know. Who would they right. have played, Pat? Their non-conference schedule was terrible, as it usually is, because oh, they're, they're <laughs> yes. scraping to be 6-6, six and six, usually. Yes. Non-conference Correct. schedule was going to be Western Kentucky, Ball State, and at Randy Edsel in-game bonus. Now, oh. we sit there, now you sit there and say, all right, Indiana, but they would beat Ohio State. Well, what if it's Ohio State without Justin Fields and five other guys? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, wait, we're going to put a seven and oh, or you know, whatever Indiana over 10 and one Alabama, whatever they're going to be. This thing's a disaster. What do you do with these Pac 12 teams? And yeah. you no know, idea. I, I, I right. my, my opinion is there, there won't, no one in the Pac 12 will play four games. I Maybe the, the way they got <laughs> these rules, and I just don't, I will see. But yeah. it's funny, like, we're talking about like, all this in-depth nuanced stuff. Like Washington has not played a football game yet. <laughs> right. Like think about right. that. It's November yeah. 11th and Washington has not played a football game. Yeah. Yeah. A team that you're Cal. kind of curious to see how they look. Yeah. yeah. New coach, new quarterback, like mm-hmm. some juice on defense. Like I also haven't thought about Washington football in three months because there's <laughs> been like so much other stuff happening. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, I thought, a good point. I listened to our friend Bruce and Stu's podcast last week, and they said, like, they were more, you're more invested in Michigan, Indiana at this point than you are in Stanford and Oregon because you're familiar with them. You got, like, a, there's, it's like, it's like you're, you're, like, two seasons into a show on Netflix, then a new show starts. You're going to keep watching the season you have. I, fe- I thought that hit home because I felt that yeah. way on Saturday. I barely yeah. flipped to Oregon, Stanford. Just because there was other stuff going on, and I was just more locked in on the. Well, obviously, you're you're going to watch Clemson, Notre Dame, all right? They're, like no matter who's playing against it, there's no question. It's one versus four. But like those those ancillary games, I I didn't have that new week one curiosity about because you're just more, I think, intrinsically inclined to watch the 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 teams and the storylines and the players and coaches you're familiar with. I'm more bought into coastal. BYU yeah. and oh, Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then yeah. the Pac 12. Because yes. it's like, oh, Absolutely. these guys are going. Yeah. BYU uh, yeah. Boise was way more interesting to me than Stanford, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've right. watched BYU five times this year. Like, you know. Right. So, Texas AM. Texas AM is a team that has this kind of outside resume. They lost big uh, 28 points to Alabama. However, they do have the victory over Florida. Now, yep. To me, their problem is they don't have anything. They have an Auburn game, but they have they have four games left. Tennessee just got moved. They need all these games. They yes. do. Right? Like, they were much better off just waxing Tennessee this weekend 
and because mm-hmm. they need style points and they need games. And so yep. they got Ole Miss on the 21st, LSU the 28th, then Auburn, then Tennessee on the 12th. So, you know, possibly they could get that that 19th game. Maybe there is one more you can move, but they're almost up against it. So there's some yep. of these schools that are just like, we can't afford to miss a game because we're trying to make a style, you know, we don't, we're not, we don't have that clear path, but we have an argument. And, and sure. if, yeah, no. And that's the, I think there, the point too, is that, you know, yeah, some teams are going to be much more motivated to try to make a rescheduling work than others. Right. You know, and that's, there was the suspicion with Wisconsin, like, yeah, you know, they voluntarily didn't play because they were red, orange and not red, red on the, on the big 10, uh, protocol thing, and they 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 know they're going to be starting their fourth string quarterbacks. They're like, yeah, we're not going to play, you know. And so, like, if you're if you're Texas A and M, you really want to make sure those games get played. If you're Tennessee, you may be sitting there like, eh, do we, you know, how hard do we want to try to play this game because we're going to get pounded and it's not going to do us any good. Yeah, and you can see the SEC office twisting into knots because if they can potentially get another team in the playoff, mm. they're they're going to do everything they can to make sure Tennessee hauls out plays the role of chum, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, gets, lets the anvil dropped on their head and then scooped back to Knoxville at the, uh, at, at the end of it. So it's, there's fascinating dynamics going on, going on behind the scenes. Ohio yeah. state desperately needs, they have nothing no. except Indiana. Yeah. At this point, they have one good opponent and it's the damn Indiana Hoosiers. So it's like crazy? we thought all It's unbelievable. Along. Yeah. I okay, mean, they're de- they desperately need Indiana. They really use Indiana to beat Michigan. I know they'll play Michigan at the end, but like they don't have a whole. They're to it, Ohio State has to win out. There's no margin for error. Their other games have not panned out, so it's it's just such a baffling season here of of how you pick these clubs. And then you know, will there be you know this this there's a whole bunch of group of five teams that could be there. I think coast can't coastal still get to like 12 games. Ah, oh, let's see. I hope they, they might be 13. able to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? EYU needs to schedule somebody. We've been saying Absolutely. that. Oh, they need to, I don't care if to, they, yeah. I don't care if they bring in UMass and just keep, keep waxing people. Like you got to get a game going yeah. because you need I more asked games. Marshall, if they could go and I think they, because they both have an open date, and I was told they need to leave it open maybe to move the Charlotte game. But if you're one of these lower league ADs, like, put yourself in position to be interesting, right? If you're checking a box on Charlotte Marshall, which even us three degenerates wouldn't watch a snap of, unless it was on on, like, a Wednesday and there's nothing else going on. But, like, on a Saturday, that game's <laughs> not getting a whole lot of, that game's not getting a whole lot of air. But if it's BYU Marshall on a Friday, like, I mean, we're 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 locked we're locked in and uh, with our with our beverages of choice and watching Zach Wilson and uh, yeah well, and, and fired Sunbelt, up to do it. Sunbelt Here's, and Kusa should get together. They should and say we know they we're trying to us. do this and say look we're scheduling it right now on the twelfth. All right, so I'm looking at Coastal's schedules. Coastal's seven and zero, yeah. and and it hasn't been a close. Well, they beat Lafayette by three. Okay, they have a big game. They got Troy. They got App State's going to be a big game. Don't Texas count State. out App State. Then they finish with Liberty. And if they could put Marshall beat. in there, yeah. you could kind of have almost a group of five playoff kind of. You're obviously missing some teams, but or they schedule BYU in there and just say, we're going to play on the 12th 
What if they bring in BYU play on the 12th and just say the Sun Belt after the App State game might sit there and say, hey, look, we got a better chance. That's a lot better than a rescheduled game that we don't care about. So I think the smaller leagues if, if, if need to avoid the paralysis that kills the whole sport. Well, we only agreed to play. Screw it. Uh, you got you got one chance, Sunbelt, of ever getting in a playoff. And I don't like your chances right now anyway, but at least they're better than they normally would be. So you got one shot. I would be like BYU or I would play BYU on the 12th. Hell, I'd even cancel the Conference USA or, or the Sun Belt Championship game if you already beat all these guys. I don't think they're going to no. do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but how about that? That's what they, they should do. <clears throat> the the 2020 game of the year, the least likely playoff eliminator game on December 5th, Liberty at Coastal Carolina. I really hope they're both undefeated when that happens. Really. Yeah. Huge game. They'll be both yeah. in the top 15 easy by then. Yeah. Where do we think Hugh Freeze <laughs> could end up? Well, who in the SEC I mean, is going to fire somebody? Well, I mean, yeah. South Carolina could. It's expensive. Tennessee could. It's expensive. Sully, do you want Hugh Freeze coaching the Vols? Oh, boy. The fact I'm even thinking about it tells you how bad this program is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. Get, what about recruiting? What about recruiting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are top 10 in recruiting. Well, Per usual. You know, let's, so let's, is it Michigan yeah. for next year? Like, I looked at yeah, the clear Tennessee got on the moral high horse about Greg Schiano based on unsubstantiated third hand reports. Yeah. But they're going to, you know, let, 100%. let Hugh Freeze, uh, yeah, you know, go Vols. They don't Tennessee care. Tennessee fans would care. Yeah, they don't care. No. I know they, they don't less. care. I'm just pointing out the cons- inconsistency that would be visible from space oh, yeah. if we get to that point. What Tennessee <laughs> fans did to, to try to do to Greg Schiano was ridiculous. Pat just wrote his lead yeah. <laughs> for the hypocrisy from outer space. Give me Auburn. Give me Auburn. I don't think Fulmer would mess around with Hugh Freeze if he's still there. How bloodthirsty is South Carolina to be relevant? That's my question. They're actually in the best position to do it. Uh, they'd probably have to fire their AD because he's uh, he's on the brink right now. And, but then, right. like, who wants to work with you? What AD wants to come in and, like, lock arms with Hugh Freeze for a long run? <laughs> um, you'd have to get some old codger in his twilight who knows his role. Um, they can get but, they can get Ian McCall in, in a package deal. Just bring them both down from Liberty. <laughs> actually, yeah, I think, yeah. But I do think, like, if it's not this cycle, because this cycle could still end up being limited, it probably should be limited because the pandemic. I do think by kickoff of 22, we see Hugh Freeze somewhere in the SEC. Greg Sankey would not be happy about that, by the way. Um, nope. And he is obviously a very guarded guy who's, uh, you know, doesn't you know doesn't doesn't show a lot of emotion, doesn't say a lot, but he would be just completely irate for all of the hell. Hugh Freeze put that conference through behind the yeah. scenes infighting, recruiting violations, like the lying um, that that both Ross Bjork and Hugh Freeze did to sort of perpetuate the notion that they weren't really in big trouble at all. Like that was just such a mess. And I didn't even mention the calling the escorts. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but like there is like I think Harbaugh in the immediate is the most interesting thing in college football right now in the longer term landscape. I think like. Who who gets seduced by Hugh Freeze is the uh, is the other because look the guy can coach football the team no. with Bruce Pearl is their basketball coach that's who gets yeah. seduced <laughs> well, 
Yes, there's a there's a precedent there. That's for sure. Certainly a possibility. The guy's going to coach. The guy is going to coach. Everyone will make a big deal about Hugh Freeze and the the uh, the escorts. That really isn't it. It's the flat out lying to every single kid and parent that oh, that's yeah. saying there was no big. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. totally despicable behavior on that. I could care less uh, what he's doing on his uh, his. Uh, his alone time. That's a yeah, just don't I, do it on your school phone. You well, moron. that's just stupid. But I didn't marry the guy, and I don't really care. You know, <laughs> I mean, people people take. I do. I've he always wouldn't said be this. the coach at Liberty, Dan, if he married you. No, that's true. That'd probably be frowned upon at Liberty. I mean, not that I don't think he's you know he's a good looking guy. You know, I mean, you know, nothing. I don't want to put myself on a pedestal above him. No. Um, <laughs> Wetzel swipes left on uh, Hugh well, Freeze. Coach Freeze. What, you know, what would you get Dan and Hugh as a wedding present? Pat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Honestly. Maybe you could you could lure him to UMass, Dan, and he could revive your alma mater. I mean, there you go. Liberty New is England United. UMass. New England yeah. United. He coaches. Yeah, there we New go. England United. I'm now. I'm thinking donations. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to go back to one thing uh, Pete said that we wouldn't watch. Uh, I can't remember what game it was going to be. Marshall Charlotte, versus Coastal. Yeah. Charlotte. Coastal. No, Charlotte Marshall. Charlotte Marshall. I think, we, except on a Wednesday night, because I think we would. Because last night, uh, Pat was watching the uh, University <laughs> of Buffalo game against, <laughs> who are they playing, Miami? Yes. Yeah. Miami Red game. Hawks. Yeah, yep. it was a pretty good game. Um, you know, Maction. Supremacy Maxion, on the line. Maction has been good. And uh, Pat decides to make fun of... <laughs> A uh, goes on Twitter, goes on the Twitter and makes fun of a big banner that's behind the end zone of the UB stadium. Like they're trying to get sponsors. What do you think? They're going to get freaking, you know, Chevy trucks and Coca-Cola, man. It's UB football. <laughs> I was by no means making fun. I was just pointing uh, it out. All right. He pointed that's out it. this banner that asks, uh, are you embarrassed to smile? And then suggests you should call uh, da- dentist Todd E. Shatkin. Uh, it has his number, 716-839-1700. If you're looking yeah, for a dentist him, in the Amherst, New York, uh, or greater metropolitan region, give him a call. So Pat puts this out there. And because occasionally social media is a freaking cesspool and horrible, but occasionally it's entertaining. No less than Toddy Shatkin <laughs> tweets back at him and offers, I think, a free cleaning. He did. He did. He told me to come up. He said, thanks for the plug. Come up for a cleaning. I guess he I'm didn't going. say free, I'm did going. he? I'm going. I'm getting in the car, and I'm driving to Buffalo, and I'm getting my teeth cleaned. Stop at Zaxby's on the way. It'll be the perfect podcast road trip. We've we've neglected one very important detail about Dr. Shatkin. Not only is he one of the finer dentists in the greater Buffalo area, he's also the self-proclaimed king of mini dental implants. Well, <laughs> Do you, you think go, there's the like a lot of like a lot of competition for that title? Is there a prince of mini dental implants? Like is he the it's like the man. guy last week who was the uh, the king of sausage and became an oligarch in, in Russia <laughs> he would be an oligarch. <laughs> what are you an oligarch of? Natural gas, minerals? No. <laughs> Mini dental implants. He does not mention in this tweet, this tweet, I will read it exactly. Thanks for the plug. One exclamation point. Let's go bulls. Two exclamation points. Come by the office for a cleaning and then a tooth emoji. I imagine the dentists use that a lot. I never even used the tooth emoji. Um, It does not say free, Pat. No, it didn't. It didn't. Okay. Well, SI better have dental or you're going out of pocket. (laughs) 
on Dr. Shatkin. <laughs> Maybe I'm not driving to Buffalo for the teeth cleaning. I don't know. I'm kind of cheap. <laughs> but yeah, I made a friend on, I made a dentist friend in Buffalo. Thanks. Thanks to Maxion. Look what Maxion is bringing people together. It does unite us God all. Bless you. It does unite Good us stuff. All. Good stuff. Um, all right. I want to get to one basketball story. Wichita State and uh, Coach Greg Marshall, who took the uh, program to a Final Four and turned him into a, a really good program. Been a really good coach. Did Went to a bunch of NCAA basketball tournaments at, uh, at Winthrop. Before that, expected to part ways, according to Stadium. There was a major uh, investigation into Greg Marshall basically coaching the team like it was he was Henry Iba in 1941 and uh, could basically berate, pressure, uh, all sorts of uh, stuff uh, because the only other alternative was you were going to storm the beach at Normandy, so the players took it. There was an investigation by Wichita State, and this appears to be it. A big loss for college basketball because those teams were really good. And, and But uh, kind of just the latest in you better change your ways or it ain't lasting, right? I mean, we've had a bunch of them. We had Penn State's coach go, Pat Chambers. We've had others uh, this offseason. It's almost like it's not even big news anymore. It's like we're just cleaning out the house. Um, thoughts on this, Pat? You know, it's a shame. It's a, it's, it's a talented guy. One of the better coaches I've really seen, but you can't behave like a abusive despot in the 21st century and expect everybody to just say, oh, it doesn't matter, he wins, okay? Now, there is maybe some element of that with this because the last couple of years, Wichita State had had a little bit declining fortunes, and now all of a sudden, the behavior that he's probably been engaging in for a decade or longer there, and really for a decade before that at Winthrop, then it's a problem. But you can't do it. You can't put your hands on your players. You cannot, you know, insult them by referring to them regularly as female genitalia. You can't be racially bigoted toward them. You can't do it. And the lessons are being learned, but often it's the hard way. And one of the funny things, you know, college basketball, there are so many coaches that I that I think got to a level of success by being complete stark raving maniacs. And so I think other coaches like decided that's how I got to be. You know, you've got to be just absolutely screaming your at the top of your lungs. You've got to be profane as hell and you've got to be a borderline abusive to your players because they got to be tough and you got to show them how toughness is. Uh-uh. It's 2020, man. That stuff doesn't work. It doesn't fly. And Greg Marshall it appears to be is going to be out and you know what you say that's 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 a loss. That's a loss for him and a loss for the game that somebody who was that talented a coach had to think you coached that way. I think the biggest surprise of this Marshall thing from 30,000 feet is that it took a month after these allegations surfaced. And these were serious allegations. Like Pat said, there were racial things. They were physically hitting a player. And then all these stories emerged of just horrific behavior. And the university didn't even say, hey, we're going we're gonna to push Greg aside and we're, we're going to suspend you with pay for a month while we finish the investigation. They just let it ride, which is really in this current environment kind of insane. To me, that spoke to the fact that some folks in the athletic department really enabled this guy to be this psycho or did not dissuade him from this behavior that was reported. And so they felt like they needed someone from the outside to come in and say, hey, you can't do this anymore. Um, you know, but I really am. Not surprised that it happened to Greg Marshall, but I, I, I want to double down on what Pat said, like a gifted coach, a really gifted coach 
who could have used administrators, mentors, guidance. Like he never left Wichita in part because people knew that he was crazy and didn't want him. And he left Wichita in part because he knew he could do anything he wanted there. And that's yep. a dangerous combination that finally manifested itself in this mess. It's a whole new era. Um, uh, you know, look, and, and it hasn't, it, you know, it'll, it'll continue to hit football too. I mean, we've seen yeah. some of it in that. I mean, I hear stories even at the high school level. Like, I think the way all of us, all of us were coached, like it was always these crazy, everything was over the top. I mean, I know a high school team that's got like 15, 13 kids on the team and the coach <laughs> screams at them all the time and the players like, you know, if like three of us quit, there's no more team. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like some of the stuff, like, you know, you got to have to start chilling. Um, Greg Marshall was definitely a very, very talented basketball coach. And like I said, I think college basketball is better when, you know, you spread things out and there's schools like Wichita State upsetting the, the apple cart. But um, sure. You, if you don't learn uh, and you don't change now, you are not going to last. It's it's just a matter of time. It's a different era. You can disagree with that era, but you know Bob Knight can't co doesn't coach and couldn't coach these days. Certainly not the way he coached at at Indiana. So it's a it's a different deal, different deal in college sports. But definitely be a different look and really tough for Wichita State. I I don't know. It's not easy at a place like that to duplicate. Fine. That's why it probably took a month. So like, who yeah, we get right. it. Yeah, exactly. And, they, you know, the other thing, yeah, they've, they've upgraded conferences, you know, appreciably going from the Missouri Valley, where they were well established as at the at the upper echelon to the American Athletic Conference, where, you know, you slip a little and you can slip a lot. They could end up being at the bottom of that league in a hurry there. But this is, you know, the other thing I just wanted to say real quick, like, it's not a secret. If you watched him coach, if you watched him behave this is who he's he has been a royal pain in the ass at best all of his career. And, you know, you go to the Missouri Valley Conference tournament and you talk to the conference people and they're like, oh, my God, you know, they just they were so exhausted by Greg Marshall and just dealing with his whole act that this this is not like some shocking revelation. I think there was pretty clear that that's who Greg Marshall was uh, most of the time. Some of it now we didn't know specifics, but now we do. All right. Um, we have major news in our other the other topic we cover more than anything else uh, this week. It is multi-pronged, and that is the chicken wars. Ooh, chicken sandwich wars are 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 off the off the hook right now. I have multiple stories, so we'll not get ahead of ourselves on this. I, it's a crazy week. We have some entrance into the into the chicken wars, uh, and this is the this is the big dog. This is what remember a couple weeks ago I made fun of Zaxby's for telling us yeah. what was going on in the chicken war. <laughs> Yeah, freaking Zaxby's. Well, <laughs> McDonald's is here. Okay. Now, I I thought McDonald's. I guess they tested it a couple years ago. I thought they were getting into the and changed the chicken sandwich. I have not had a McDonald's chicken sandwich in many many years. But McDonald's, McDonald's USA president. This is like Putin saying we're in. Okay, <laughs> Joe Erlinger, President Z, and China saying we're going to get involved in the war. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Let's maybe <laughs> dial it escalation. Up. This is what you did, Zaxby's. You trash talked. <laughs> you did a little squeak in there, talking about your chicken sandwich. And McDonald's said, "Get the hell out of the way, Zaxby's. We got thirty-nine thousand shops. A new crispy chicken sandwich is coming. It's, it's big. A, it's a simple build, relevant for our U.S. customer base, with chicken, a potato roll, crinkle-cut pickles, and butter." 
it, it's extremely craveable. I love it. Most importantly, our customers loved it in the test. Okay. Heads up, people. The chicken <laughs> war may be finished. If this thing is any good, they will steamroll yeah. you. Yeah. There no, are they, 26 they are. Is there a sauce involved? Like, I feel like the secret to the other chicken sandwiches was some kind of sauce. I, I don't know. Right now, no. I don't, it's good they didn't question. mention it. Uh, the, there the are butter. There, that's the a McDonald's butter. answer to, to sauce. Butter. Butter. We don't <laughs> pretend we're sauce. It's extra calories. They'll throw a yeah. salad on the side to make you feel good. <laughs> Diet Coke. Diet, yeah, Diet Coke, please. Just water. Yeah. Uh, Chick-fil-A, 2,600 stores. Popeye's, 3,000. Here comes Bigfoot. Woo! 39,000 stores. Hey, and now get this. Uh, during the action last night, I saw a commercial for Wendy's that said, the, the, the Wendy's ad said, we didn't start the chicken wars, but we're going to finish it. Oh, whoa. how about that? How now, about when, that? Wendy's is more like, like a Germany or something. And like, I'm not going to just <laughs> totally dispute their ability to make some waves here. They are not McDonald's. No, no, but but they they got some capabilities. They're probably yeah. nuclear. They're probably a nuclear nation in this. <laughs> Are we playing chicken war risk right now? <laughs> I think so. How about this great quote by uh, Erlinger from McDonald's? We believe it's going to jumpstart our chicken journey. Ooh. <laughs> Build chicken our journey. chicken credentials and get people to start looking at us differently. How about that? Huh? OK. All right. So we have that. Look out. Chicken journey. This a, chicken this journey. Is, this is coming. Additionally, another chicken entrant in the chicken war. This is a little, this is a little more uh homespun. Three men were banned from Yellowstone National Park after trying to cook chicken in a geyser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they're trying trying a new recipe. The group took two whole chickens, put it in a burlap sack, and held it and placed it over the park's scalding hot thermal features. <laughs> uh, they uh, took place on August 7th. The ra a ranger found the group who discovered the group had cooked the two, two, two whole chickens. Uh, they pled guilty to charges on September 10th. I don't know how I'm just hearing about this. Yeah, this one stayed underground. All of a sudden, it blew up this week. Right. Uh, I don't know. When, when asked by the ranger what they were doing, they said, make dinner. <laughs> so um, the geyser uh, water hits about 180 to 196 Fahrenheit. So just under boiling. Would this would you eat chicken cooked in a geyser? <laughs> Pat 40. Play a quick game of would you eat it? Because I actually have another entrant on that, too. So really? OK, well, no, the answer is hell no on this one. Now, these guys. Really, like, of all the idiot people we've discussed on the podcast, these guys are my favorite <laughs> idiots to come up with this idea. I mean, it's just astounding. But, like, if you've been to Yellowstone, the whole place stinks, right? Yes. It smells so bad because of the sulfur that's in the, the, the hot springs and the geysers. You want to eat chicken that's been cooked by that? No, thank you. And I'd eat just about anything, but I wouldn't eat that. Yeah, it's like eating a fart. <laughs> Pete, the, no way the, I would eat it. It's, no it's much healthier than deep fried. <laughs> this is basically <laughs> boiled chicken. Eat, try to get me to eat fart chicken because it's healthier boiled. Than, like, you could Zach salt meat. it up or you get some seasoning. Give it a rub after. I mean, oh. you're you're always worrying about like health. I mean, there's nothing nothing healthier than boiling chicken. 
<laughs> yeah, and guys are water, Dan. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Like I, I tend to trend a little healthier than the rest of this podcast, but I like I, I also I, I I do not have like COVID has evacuated my taste buds. You know what I mean? Like that is not that is luckily not happening to me yet. So I you just still have to chew it and put it in your mouth. Are you eating it, Wetzel? No, no way. There's plenty <laughs> of good ways to cook. I mean, I just I, it's not that hard to cook chicken. I just you get a, no, it's not. And then you get a campfire. Like you're if you're camping out at Yellowstone, then you have pl- plenty of time to cook yes. your chicken under the stars. I mean, that'd be but really you don't bring chicken on a camp out. I mean in a burlap you, sack to a in geyser. A burlap, I mean, just hot dogs and hamburgers or like or don't I mean there's just a million options on what you bring on a camping. And a, a no. whole two whole chickens in a burlap sack. It never even dawned on me as a, hey, did you get the burlap sack with two whole chickens? Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, like hot dogs. I mean, what? So that I, part's really stupid. No. Uh, have you seen these commercials? I was so disappointed that the stories didn't have pictures of these people. Like, I want to know what kind of people would possibly come up with this idea. Even if you're like watching your cholesterol, like get a turkey dog or something. I don't know. Or just don't eat <laughs> a turkey dog. Does that exist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turkey dog. Sure. Yeah. A, so, I mean, it's healthier than this. All right. Mm. More, <laughs> more fast food news. And, and would you eat it? First off, McDonald's is now, uh, forget just chicken. They are going with the meatless burger. The, mm. Okay. Much like the impossible Whopper. Right. Right. Uh, it's, they're calling it McPlant. <laughs> you know how many like meetings and vice presidents and like all the different test groups they had to have to come up with Mick Plant? <laughs> Mick Plant. I actually kind of like it. Mick Plant. I really do. It is uh Mick Plant is crafted exclusively for McDonald's by McDonald's. They're making their own. Um in the future, McPlant could ha- could extend across a line of plant-based products, including burgers, chicken substitutes, and breakfast sandwiches. So, would you get a McPlant Big Mac? <laughs> One on, no, 100% no. I would get a Big Mac. I would not get a McPlant Big Mac. I, I, again, I, I actually like the McPlant name. McRib, McChicken, <laughs> McMuffin, McPlant, why not? McCafe. But, yeah, but, but no, I would not, no. If I'm going to McDonald's, guess what I'm getting? I'm getting the meat, man. I'm not going there for the plant. Yeah, McPlant sounds like a drug dealer in Southie. (laughs) 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 Oh, jeez. The roller hockey rink right by the D Street Projects. Go see McPlant. He got you. What's up, kid? What's What's setting it up for? There's going to put a certain plant in there before too long. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You see the McPlant. There's definitely going to be McPlant. some strain of hydro named McPlant in the next uh, oh, in the yeah. next couple of weeks. <laughs> there are other plant-based burgers out there. Uh, I think this is our same guy. No, this is the McDonald's blog. McDonald's has a blog. Okay. There are other plant-based burgers out there, but McPlant delivers our iconic taste in a sink your teeth in and wipe your mouth kind of sandwich. It's made with a juicy plant-based patty served on a warm sesame seed bun with classic toppings. I, if you put enough junk on a burger, you can't really taste the meat, especially McDonald's right. meat. Yeah, yeah. But again, if I'm going to McDonald's, no. You and know? they're going to use it for breakfast. This goes to my suspicion that the, the McDonald's sausage and the McDonald's hamburger are the same thing. They just double salt the sausage. <laughs> really? Oh, been very <laughs> suspicious of this for years. 
<laughs> Another Wetzel conspiracy theory here. That's, we need an in-depth investigation. Go to work at a McDonald's there in Royal Oak for a couple of months and come back and report. We'll find out. I'll, I'll report. Keep, I'm going to keep an eye on these guys. Okay. If these games keep getting canceled, that might be our only podcast I mean, I'm sorry. You say talk football. They canceled all the games. What do you want me to do? Uh, finally. Okay. Finally on this. I mean, I told you it's a busy week. Okay. Oh. Busy week. You guys make might make fun of us and say, how many people really care about these chicken sandwiches? Well, here we go. Woman masquerades as FBI agent in bid for free food from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> in a harebrained and ultimately unsuccessful attempt to score some free food, a Georgia woman poses an FBI agent while demanding free grub from Chick-fil-A workers. This is uh, 45 miles outside of uh, Atlanta in Rock Mart. The, basically, the Popeye, uh, I'm sorry, the Chick-fil-A workers called 911 saying that this lady kept saying she was a federal agent. And I need uh, your sandwich? Like, like Yeah. <laughs> she, was at work, she said she worked for the FBI and requested free food. So basically, I think a lot of restaurants give like cops free food. I mean, if you're, hey, why not, right? The cops there, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting right, robbed. Right. Hey, come by anytime you want. Uh, here's the Chick-fil-A. But uh, so she went, she went federal, though. Um, this is the best part. Okay. So the cops arrive, they find her Kimberly Ragsdale in 47 in her white, uh, Dodge grand caravan asked by an officer. She had been identifying herself as a federal agent. Ragsdale stated she was a federal agent in response to a police request to see her credential. She replied, she did not have one that it was electronic. Didn't have a badge. Uh, Ragsdale refused to exit her van until an officer displaced his taser and warned it would be deployed Whoa. unless she got out of the... Mind you, she's now in a heap of trouble over a damn free chicken sandwich. It costs like five bucks. She was handcuffed. Ragsdale continued her charade. Ms. Ragsdale then began to talk into her shirt like she was talking into a radio. <laughs> Come on! Yes. No way! Telling someone that we were arresting her and to send someone to the Rock Mart PD. She's now wow. been charged... With impersonating a public official, I have a I, my suspicion is this is con carries considerable charges. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I think she went and saw McPlant. <laughs> got a little sideways. Yeah, she smoked the McPlant. <laughs> yeah, she got a smoking from McPlant. Yeah, she oh my goodness, oh. tremendous. Right, so there you go. I, I hope it was. I interviewed Nick Chubb's mom in a in a a suburban Atlanta uh, Chick-fil-A once. I hope it wasn't the same one. You know, that, I, I would hate to have that kind of law breaking going on there. <laughs> what seemed like a very nice Chick-fil-A. Oh, good God. All right. Uh, that includes this week in fast food news. <laughs> Woo. Good week. Big it was week. a yeah. solid week. Yeah. I, we we probably should have led it. with that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to the race for the case. All right, here's the uh, race for the case standings right now. Pete, roll 34, 25, and 1. Nice job, young man. Nice, man. Pat, 31, 28, and 1. Respectable. Sully, 28, 31, and 1. And I'm watching a game behind. Coming fast. 27, 32, and 1. But with the fat bear pick, I'm tied with Sully. <laughs> Let's see how this Pete, is going. you're actually ahead of Nad at this point. Yeah, Nat is in second between uh, your your game behind mm -hmm. Nat. So, yeah. thank thankfully at least we can take Dan's bad picks and make them uh, and, and make them good. Awesome. So. I'm six and zero oh, coming up. 
if we have six games this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This isn't as bad as early in the season when we had multiple weeks where we picked <clears throat> Central Arkansas, but I've seen better slates. Number nine, Miami at Virginia Tech. Game is noon at ESPN2. Virginia Tech is a two and a half point favorite in this game. Pat, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, now, give me the Canes. I, I've liked them all year. I think they've found ways to win. Defense isn't great. Offensive line isn't great, but they do have some playmakers. I love Derek King. Virginia Tech is pretty good, but has found ways to screw up some games. So I'm taking the Canes to win as a road dog. Yeah, Virginia Tech is one of those teams because like they had so many COVID issues early in the year, and then they had some like baffling losses. Like I have no idea about at this point in November. Like there are, they might as well be Washington. Like I have no clue if Virginia Tech's any good or not. So at least like Miami, they're flawed and they're limited in some places, but we we kind of know what they are. And I think Virginia Tech this week is indicative of the like give a care factor that we're talking about now. You just lost to Liberty. Your coach got excoriated for an entire week because the way he managed the end of the game. Like, are you really are you really getting fired up to slog through the rest of this uh, ACC slate? So um, interesting game. Interesting game for Justin Fuente. Like if they get blown off the field here, I think there'll be some chit chat or something. Take the Canes. Yeah. Yeah. Hurricanes getting points. I'll, I'll take that all day. Give me Miami. All right. Number 23 Northwestern at Purdue. Purdue is getting three points. Home dog. Game 7.30, Saturday night on the Big Ten Network. Pete, you go first. I'm going to take Purdue. I'm going to take the points. If there's one thing about Northwestern that we know, uh, it's if they do win, it's usually by one point like it was at Iowa. So I think this will be a sort of classic Big Ten West slobber knocker. And I think uh, Purdue figures out a way to score in the second half on Northwestern, which nobody's done this year. Yep, I like Purdue, especially getting points there. Um, <clears throat> the one thing, yeah, Northwestern's one of those teams that where they, they they bend but don't break defensively. They're good in the red zone. They keep people out of the end zone. But when you've got guys like David Bell and Rondale Moore, who may be back after having not yet played this season, uh, I think that they get the ball in the end zone and Purdue wins, covers, and goes to the top of the Big Ten West standings. I'll take Purdue. Give me Purdue just in case Rondale Moore plays if he wasn't. I would have taken the Wildcats, but give me Purdue. I like Northwestern's defense. Purdue's tough, but uh, it's hard to figure. But I, I'm, I'm taking Northwestern. I'll, I'll give them three. I like that defense. I'm riding the Wildcats. I'll go lone Wildcat on this one. Uh, go purple. Uh, number two, Notre Dame at Boston College. Last time Notre Dame beat a top five team, they beat Florida State, then lost to Boston College. So, hey, hey here we are. Uh, Irish are giving 13 and a half game is three 30 on a B C uh, Pat. You're first this time. <sighs> Notre Dame wins. Boston college covers the line. It's just enough. I would like it more at 14 or 14 and a half, but I'll take 13 and a half. I think BC uh, is pretty good and they will have some defensive uh, stuff to throw at Notre Dame. And I just, no matter how much Brian Kelly, he started talking right after the game about, you know, we can't let the Clemson game just carry us and not be ready for this. It's still going to be human emotion. It's going to be very tough to get them ready for this game. I don't think Notre Dame's at its best. I think they're good enough to win by 7-10, to 10, but the Eagles cover. I'll be at this game on Saturday, and I think Notre Dame wins and covers. Uh, I feel like there's a very clear game plan to beat BC. Notre Dame has an elite offensive line, maybe the best in the country. BC has a 
limited defensive line. And I just feel like they, if they don't get cute and run it down BC's throat, I don't see them having any issue. And Brian Kelly did that uh, back in 17 when these teams played. And I just really feel like if they don't change anything, they can they can just simply overpower them. I'm with you. Go Irish. Boy, this is tricky. It's a lot of points, but I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. Uh, Arkansas, without Coach Pittman, at the Swamp, number six, Florida. Gators are giving 17 and a half, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Pete, you're first. I'm going to take the Gators here. I think at this point, uh, we we feel like Texas A&M and Florida are pretty similar programs. And Texas A&M wiped Arkansas off the field except for like sort of a lucky backdoor cover. Um, it wasn't lucky because I picked it. Uh, but I really feel like Florida will not leave the backdoor open here. I think losing Pittman, you do lose you do lose something with that. And I think Florida will be able to score. So I am going to take the Gators. Yeah, Barry Odom steps in as head coach for the uh, the Hogs, and I've seen Barry Odom as a head coach. It wasn't very pretty. Give me the Gators win cover. I will take Florida as well, with or without Kyle Pitts. Their backup tight end looked pretty nasty. So uh, give me the Gators big. Love Arkansas, what they've done this year, but not enough for Florida. Um, I'll take uh, Gators on that one. Uh, all right, Wisconsin, welcome back. They are playing at Michigan. Wisconsin has one game under their belt weeks ago. Giving four and a half. Michigan is a home dog. 7.30 on ABC. I just think like that that four and a half number, it almost it almost feels like a trap. I know Wisconsin hasn't practiced. I know Graham Mertz questionable. I know there's like a lot of different variables here. But I just I just remember the last time these played teams played how much Wisconsin just manhandled Michigan as like a program, essentially. So at this point, it's hard to rely on Don Brown's defense to do anything to stop anybody. And it's hard to rely on Michigan for anything. So I feel like uh, I feel like you got to take the Badgers here. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm taking the Badgers. Uh you know, I, I actually did a little bit of looking it up because I wasn't sure, you know, what happens when teams miss consecutive weeks, how they respond. And teams that have missed two or more weeks in a row are nine and seven. And really in that group, there was only one game where a team laid a real big egg, and that was Memphis against SMU, where they came out and were behind like 24 nothing. So I'm going to figure the long layoff doesn't hurt with Wisconsin. I'm going to figure where Graham Mertz plays and plays like he looked like he can and strafes that secondary. Badgers win and cover. Yep, absolutely. Give me the Badgers. I'll take a Badgers. I made the mistake last week of expecting Michigan to show some heart <laughs> and beat Indiana and cover, and instead they were absolute dogs. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. Uh, I will take Wisconsin. All right, let's pick some uh, lock of the week. Slim Pickens out there. I'm going out west, and I know one game is is not a, a large resume to go off of, but I'm going to take Oregon giving 10 to Washington State. Uh, the Ducks looked good uh, in handling uh, Stanford, and I just think they have much better talent right now than Washington State. The game's on the Palouse. Strange things happen there sometimes, but not this time. Ducks win by more than 10. I'm going to get on the Tom Allen train. Uh, Indiana, seven-point uh, seven point favorites at Michigan State. Um, I think we have kind of know what Michigan State is right now. Like, good enough to beat Michigan when they don't adjust their defense and probably not a whole lot else. So I think Indiana can roll up to an empty Spartan Stadium and easily win by two touchdowns. So I'm, I am on the Tom Allen bandwagon. Toot, toot. I'm hopping on uh, the Grant Marshall bandwagon once again this season. Marshall is giving 23 and a half points. 
versus MTSU. MTSU, if they play anybody with a pulse, they get blown out, and uh, they're going to do it again this week. It's a good one. Good pick, Sully. Thank you, sir. Uh, do we think is Arizona State and Cal going to play? Uh, I wouldn't yeah, pick well, it. If, yeah, I mean, if Cal gets off the 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 COVID right. list, I don't I'm going to pick. I'm picking this game, then I'll have a a a subset pick, and this one gets canceled. Arizona State. They're given four and a half. Cal, I don't think it's even. They're not practicing. They're not. Arizona State looked pretty good. They collapsed late in that game, but it took an unbelievable comeback by USC to do it. So I'm taking the Sun Devils to win by more than four and a half. If that doesn't pan out, I was going to pick Rutgers. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no faith in Illinois, but I'm not. <laughs> I'll wait. We'll see. You're right now, a favored Rutgers team. What could go wrong? Favored <laughs> yeah. by that's, six that's... and a half points. I know. I mean, I looked at that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Holy man. Uh, it's a lot of points. Anyway, I'll stick with Arizona State for now. If we well, Last week, we had to do some switching. Anyway, hey, let's hope some games get played. If you're an SEC fan, get some yard work done. <laughs> Watch the <laughs> Masters. You have no excuses. We will be Break back on leaves. Sunday night, Monday, to overreact to all of it. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, leaving us nice reviews, and sending us chicken sandwich or any kind of chicken. Uh, news. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.